Hello, and welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe God works through people every day to help us. These people are selfless and so very humble. The majority of us don't even know they exist or existed. My name is Angel, and each podcast I will showcase one of these amazing people. Their stories will uplift, inspire, encourage, support, heal, and give you hope. Hello, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray you all are blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for coming back. I'm so happy to be sharing with you another one of my favorite saints, Sri Anande Mai Ma. The information I'll be sharing with you on this saint is coming from a few different sources. So I'll be sure to have the links to those sources so you can read the full articles in the show notes. Also, as I'm sharing this information, I'll be interjecting here and there, and I hope you all don't mind because I want to expand on a few things that the articles did not expand enough on. Uh, So I want to make sure everybody gets as much information on her as possible. Sri Ananda Maima, also known as Sri Ma, which is very helpful for us so we don't have to say all of that. It's very difficult for us in the West to say uh, Eastern names. Uh, She was from India, and she is a very well-known saint in India, uh, but unfortunately she's not very well-known or hardly known at all here in the West. Uh, She was born on May 30th, 1896, and she passed on August 27th, 1982. Sri Ma was born in present-day Bangladesh. She was a person of remarkable piety, sanctity, and wisdom. She came to the notice of both simple people and famous figures of India. She did not have an outer guru, also known as a teacher, and she emphasized the importance of detachment from the world. She encouraged her devotees to serve others. She was an ecstatic child of ecstatic parents. She became a famous saint who, like many other female Indian saints, stood on the edge of several religious traditions and in the midst of none. She influenced the spirituality of thousands of people who came to see her throughout her long life. Sri Ma became a child bride at the age of 13 through an arranged marriage with Romani Mohan Chakrabarti. He was a semi-famous teacher-slash-guru back in those days in India. And while her husband was away teaching She lived with her in-laws for five years, and it was pretty much a Cinderella life for her, uh, pre-Princess Cinderella. She was ridiculed, abused, and made to do all the chores and labor. Through it all, she never lost her temper and was always serene. This prompted her in-laws and family to believe she was what they call, quote, slow. Other terminologies would be calling her a simpleton, or even stupid. Um, I know with St. Bernadette, she was always referred to as being stupid because she would not allow things to unnerve her. She was always very pure and serene, and that's how Sri Ma was, and these people misinterpreted that. Sri Ma's mantra at that time always was Vani Johal Jai which translates to whatever comes to pass, let it be. At the age of 18, Sri Ma was finally permitted to go and live with her husband. She remained by his side until he passed away in 1938 at the age of 29 years old. 
And even though they had an arranged marriage, people and witnesses always said that they were a great couple. They were very much in love. Sri Ma was nothing but love to begin with, pure love. Um, she was always taking care of him and taking care of everybody that was coming to see him for teachings. So remember that when she left her in-laws after five years and was able to go live with her husband, he was still doing the teaching circuit, you know, the guru thing going from town to town to town. And she would go with him and take care of him and take care of those, you know, students and devotees that came to see. And all the while, while this was going on, people started to notice Sri Ma and start to notice the energy vibes i guess you could say that she was giving off without even saying a word her pure love um, and motivation and intention to genuinely help others from the very core of her being uh, was so astounding and so vibrant and so visible so after the passing of her husband sri ma began to travel moving from place to place uh, never staying in one place for too long great saints, masters, and teachers began to take notice of her. She loved what they call kirtana, which is what we know, uh, or Christians would know as worship music. She would be ecstatic. Her energy would meld with the music as she swayed and sang. She was also known to leave her body during these kirtanas, during these worship sessions, and everyone present could feel her energy and they were all greatly blessed by it in any way that they needed. So if you were you were sick, you would be healed. Uh, if you were depressed, you would be happy. Um, whatever you needed, it would be taken care of through her energy. She was an incredible healer and knew nothing but love. I think one of my favorite Sri Ma stories within the story um, is, you know, she began to become noticed. And, you know, of course, there was no Internet back then. And I don't even think there were phones at that time either. If there were, there were probably maybe just a handful. But Sri Ma was starting to get noticed. So by word of mouth, word started to travel to, again, like I said before, all these other teachers and gurus and masters and other saints in India started to hear her name and people talking about her. Well, Mahatma Gandhi had heard about her, but due to his busy schedule, he wasn't able to set up a meeting with her. So he sent his right-hand man to go kind of, quote, investigate, to check her out, to see what she was about. And he never, he never came back because once he met Sri Ma, he became a devotee of hers and he stopped following Mahatma Gandhi. Near the end of her life, uh, Sri Ma knew that she was passing, um, and she began to wing her st students and her devotees from her physical presence. She did not answer letters, uh, but the correspondents felt her presence in their hearts. So if you wrote her a letter, and she didn't reply, but in your heart you felt the answer to your questions, you felt the answers to your prayers. Uh, she did not attend any of the functions which were being performed with the usual circumspection at the proper times in the ashrams. Wherever she would go from town to town, people would make ashrams, which are temples or churches, in her name. But she always refused to go into those churches or temples, not because she was against it, but because she was so non-detached, unlabeled, 
and so extremely humble that she chose not to go into any of those places. And then eventually she got to the point to where she stopped taking food for many months. Uh, the attending girls could give her a few drops of water only at odd moments. She, so she was only drinking a little bit of water here and there. She stopped eating completely, which again, um, if any of you are familiar with enlightened beings or awakened beings or saints of that nature, um, especially Eastern saints, that is a very common practice as they get towards the end of this lifetime. So Sri Ma spent her last days at Kinshapur Ashram, which is still there today. And you can actually go and visit um, where she stayed and where she slept and uh, where she spent her last days. Uh, she made no farewells apart from saying Savaya Nama on the night of the 25th, which was uh, two days before she passed away. And this mantra is indicative of the final dissolution of worldly bondage. She became what she called unmanifest on Friday evening of August 27th, 1982 at 8 p.m. She was age 86. What they mean by un using the word unmanifest is ascended. She ascended uh, from this lifetime. You know, they don't believe in that she died per se. Um, there's a very deep philosophy in Eastern faiths and practices uh, regarding what you truly are. And they believe that what you truly are is never born. So if it's never born, it will never die. It is all existing, all encompassing. And I know that's hard for us to kind of wrap our minds around, especially if you're not familiar with the Eastern ways. Uh, but just to give you a little bit more information. So one of the really cool things of many things that I love about Sri Ma is that she was no particular religion, but yet all religions. Everyone that came to her, regardless of their religion or faith, she spoke to them in their faith, in their religion. Now, this is a woman who had not had any theological training. Uh, she had not been to a university and studied, you know, world religions or anything like that. This was something that was innate in her. It was natural for her. There were people that came up to her and would say um, there was uh, a story about a an Irishman who was Catholic that came up to her and said, well, what religion are you? I'm Christian. She goes, well, I'm Christian too. And they both began talking about the Bible and about Jesus and about God like she was a scholar, a, you know, a, the a theologian of, of that faith. It was just something that was natural within her. She was in all rights divine, and she could talk religion with you, with whatever religion that you are. Or, you know, no religion at all. And that's what she preferred to say to people is that she believed in God and God was everything and that she was of no particular religion or faith and that she was non-existent, so to speak. Again, that's an Eastern philosophy that I know it's kind of difficult for Westerners, especially aren't familiar with the Eastern ways uh, to wrap your mind around. So I want to share uh, just a few excerpts of teachings from Sri Ma, and I hope you all are hanging in there and, and sticking with me on this because really she is truly, here I go again, she is truly amazing and you can benefit so much just by 
studying some of the uh, teachings and quotes of Sri Ma, even if it's just something that you look and you read and you meditate on, believe me, whatever and no matter what faith you are or not, it will ring true to your heart and to your soul. So the central theme of all Srimad's words and expressions and teachings is this. Life and religion are one. All that you do to maintain your life, your everyday work and play, all your attempts to earn a living, should be done with sincerity, love, and devotion, with a firm conviction that true living means virtually perfecting one's spiritual existence in tune with the universe. To bring about this synthesis, religious culture should be made as natural and easy as taking our food and drink when we are hungry and thirsty. And that's truly amazing and remarkable, especially the day and age that we live in where less focus is given on a job well done and more into the ego, the I, me, and mine, and what's in it for me. Um, there's not, it's very far and few found these days of people that are sincere and do their job with love and devotion and, and they have a firm conviction in what they're doing in a, a pride of place kind of thing. You know, they, it's, it's very rare these days. So Sri Ma's uh, little excerpt teaching there really rings true. And she also goes on to say that, you know, that you should perfect your spiritual existence and have it in tune with the universe. So she, again, she's expressing that she is universal, that all religions, all faiths, you know, is and she says to bring about this synthesis to this to bring about this tuning or getting in tune with the universe it requires religious cultures to be natural and easy as she gave the example as taking our food and drink when we are hungry and thirsty and that's just amazing now you remember the times when this was written this was written back in you know the late 60s you know if not earlier than that People would so often ask Sri Ma, what are you? They just couldn't get her, especially Westerners, uh, European Westerners would kind of try to corner her to trick her to try to get her divulge something like, you know, what she is and what's her trick and all this. And she would always reply, my consciousness has never associated itself with this temporary body before I came on this earth. Father, I was the same. As a little girl, I was the same. I grew into a womanhood, but still, I was the same. When the family in which I had been born made arrangements to have this body married, I was the same. And Father, in front of you now, I am the same. Ever afterward, though the dance of creation changes around me in the hall of eternity, I shall be the same. So as you can see, the even the response was like a prayer. And what she was referring to as Father, she was referring to as God. So even you could take that, or anyone could take that excerpt and make that into a daily prayer. You know, and that was her emphasis. And this, again, is hard to understand if you're not familiar with Eastern philosophy, is that we understand that all things change. You are not the same person you were when you were born. 
You're not the same person you were when you were five. You're not the same person you were when you were 13. You're not the same person you were when you're 20. You're not the same person you were yesterday. You're not the same person you were five minutes ago. We're always changing and evolving and growing. But Sri Ma pointed out that she never changed. What she was, was awakened and enlightened to what she truly was. The true essence of what we all are is what she was. She knew it was and identified as that and never wavered. She functioned and operated from that divine essence. Okay, is everybody still with me? I hope I'm not not getting too far ahead. This is this is just amazing stuff to me because I'm I'm such a, a philosophy nerd. You know, I can't get enough of this. And Srima is just you know wow. She's just like so amazing that you could just bask in this wisdom and, and divine energy you know forever. So if you're still with me, here's another uh, small expert teaching from Srima. She says. As you love your own body, so regard everyone as equal to your own body. When the supreme experience supervenes, everyone's service is revealed as one's own service. Call it a bird, an insect, an animal, or a man. Call it by any name you please. One serves one's own self in every one of them. So here Sri Ma is again reflecting back to the all are one and one are all, that we all are connected and we are all from the same source, uh, God, the universe, whatever you want to label, that which can't be labeled, which, you know, she never labeled. Um, so again, and it also goes back to if you're Christian, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's the same philosophy here, the same teaching, the same thing she's saying that whatever you do to anyone, or Jesus even said, whatever you do to to anyone you do to me. Um, so that's getting even more deep. And she's again hitting it right on the head by saying it, whatever you do, even if it's for a bird or for an insect, it's doing it for the divine. It's doing it for that which is you, which is what, what is everyone and everything. Okay, so here's another one from her. This body has lived with father, mother, husband, and all. This body has served the husband, so you may call it wife. It has prepared dishes for all, so you may call it cook. It has done all sorts of scrubbing and menial work, so you may call it a servant. But if you look at the thing from another standpoint, you will realize that this body has served God. For when I serve my father, mother, husband, and others, I simply considered them as different manifestations of the Almighty and serve them as such. When I sat down and prepared food, I did so as if it were in a ritual, for the food cooked was, after all, meant for God. Whatever I did, I did in the spirit of the divine service. Hence, I was not quite worldly, though always engaged in household affairs. I had but one ideal, to serve all as God, to do everything for the sake of God. So again, showing um, how enlightened, awakened, how pure and divine she was that she saw everyone and everything as God and she served everything and everyone as such. And that's 
something that if you're Christian, that's something that we are taught to strive for. We're to strive to walk like Christ, to be like Jesus, to do uh, for others like he did, to suffer like he did, to help others, to do for others uh, as he did. And she did that. She constantly did that. And again, we have to keep in mind that this was effortless for Srima. She didn't have to to think about it, meditate on it, pray on it. Um, it just it was natural. It was who she was and is. It's what we all naturally are. The Eastern philosophy and ways have a, a, a unique analogy by saying that we all are we all of us are like a mirror, a, a fine and pristine and clean mirror. But, you know, after we are conceived, uh, we start getting dirt or mud put onto that mirror. And as we are born and we grow older in our culture and, you know, what we're taught and all this stuff puts more and more mud and stuff on our mirror. It clouds our mirror. And as we get older, we tend to get supposed to tend to get a little wiser and as we do so, we clear away a little bit of the dirt, of the mud, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, getting back to that clean, clear, and pristine mirror that we all are, that divineness that we all are. And with Sri Ma, there was never even a speck of dust on her mirror. You know, they call it clear light mind. There was nothing ever a blemish on that. She was always just so pure and just amazing. I mean... Again, you can take her teachings, even just these little excerpts, and sit and meditate on these, and it can help you out so much. We are very fortunate and blessed that there are some great pictures of Sri Ma. You can Google them. Of, of course, if you are listening to this podcast, you've seen one um, as the logo for this um, episode, uh, but there are just many, many pictures of her, and she her pureness and divineness shows through on every single one but one of the very first pictures that was ever circulated uh, of Sri Ma was in a what they call now a spiritual classic called autobiography of a yogi by Yogananda uh, her picture is actually in that book so if you happen to have a copy of Yogananda's uh, autobiography of a yogi um, just flip it and you'll through it and you'll see a picture of, of Sri Ma right there. And speaking of books, there is a great book about uh, Sri Ma. If anyone is interested in um, more information or learning more or getting some more of her teachings, um, I, I guarantee you it will be so beneficial to you, to anyone. And again, regardless of what your faith and religion is, or whether you have none at all. It will help you by leaps and bounds. The, anyway, the book is called A Goddess Among Us, The Divine Life of Ananda Maima by Swami Mangala Ananda. He was a devoted follower of Sri Ma's. And an excerpt or description of the book, uh, it says, it cannot be that anybody anywhere is not my very own. And this is Sri Ma talking. I am with you at all times. Clothed in spotless white, the image of simplicity and gentleness, Ananda Maima 
was one of the most influential spiritual teachers of our time. Her devotees ranged from prime ministers to renowned saints to humble villagers. Although virtually uneducated, Ma spoke with the authority of direct experience and mesmerized all with her ethereal beauty, sweetness, and grace. A free spirit, she wandered all over the country, showering her love and tender care on everyone across India. Several ashrams established and dedicated in her name today serve as sanctuaries for spiritual seekers. Wherever she went, miracles followed her in her wake, from suddenly appearing at the bedside of a dying woman to breathing life into an ant crushed thoughtlessly underfoot. Everything was manifested effortlessly and graciously through Srima. Her samadhi at Kankal near Hardawar radiates peace and showers blessings on devotees who come to pay their respects from all over the world. This short biography, written by a direct disciple of Sri Ma, seeks to acquaint you with the sacred persona, inspired wisdom, and the divine life of Ananda Mai Ma. Its highlight is a chapter on new incidents that have come to light and never before been published in any biography of Sri Ma. So if you go on YouTube, there are a few videos of Sri Ma that you can watch. Um, again, this was all back mainly before there was audio with the recordings. Uh, but there are some that do have sound uh, and you can hear her voice. And there are, I think, one or two, maybe more. They're very hard to find um, of her actually uh, singing. So I highly recommend those if you can get a hold of one or find one. Uh, just so you can get that vibe. Just close your eyes and relax. Take a couple deep cleansing breaths and then play um, her singing and, and just clear your mind and see and feel what it does to you. As a matter of fact, that would be a great song of the week, don't you think? A song uh, sung by Srima. So there will be a link in the show notes to a great and very simple Sri Ma song. And I encourage you to check out the link. It's for a YouTube video. And it actually has so many pictures and videos of Sri Ma. It is, it, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's so awesome for your heart and soul. So check it out. I'm always open to suggestions for the show. And you're always welcome to contact me. There's two ways you can do that. You can contact me through email at faithinmorepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach me through anchor.fm at anchor.fm slash faith dash and dash more. There's always links to these contacts in the description of each podcast. If you like the show, be sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you really like the show, please feel free to share it with your friends. Thank you all so very much for tuning in and listening. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all again. But until then, lots of love and blessings to each of you.